0: we're taught to kind of be humble or be, or like have this ridiculous humility. But recently, you know, I I talked about this before, but recently uh, I realized that humility is when you think you're less than somebody. Like that's the literal definition of humility. And that to me was like, uh, it's kind of toxic to think like that. So, um, and then I look at all the people who are really good at what they do. I go, they're not, they're, they're not, they have a sense of humility, but they're actually walk around very confident. And so once I realized that it was like, okay, but let me be okay with who I am. Welcome to the Key and Mang Audio Experience, where you are here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives
1: of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang Audio Experience.
2: This episode is brought to you by Varela Financial, the experts in student loan repayment solutions. Not sure what to do with your student loans? That's how we felt before scheduling the free call with Varela Financial, where they helped us create plans based on our lifestyle and goals.
1: For more information, check them out at www.vivellafinancial.com or click the link in the description to schedule your free call today. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang Audio Experience. I'm your host, Mang. As always, i with my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How are you? I'm, I'm good. Better, better over the last week than good. the last couple of days. How are you? I'm lovely. I can't complain. You know me. Fantastic. 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 Love it uh we got another special one today um we got kevin melendez performance therapist and owner of swish physical therapy in oviedo florida where the focus to provide professional athlete level treatment education and communication to the general population to maximize their recovery he's also a big mm-hmm. miami heat lifer which i'm sure we'll dive into on this episode but dr coach kev what's good
0: man what a pleasure to be on here seriously like uh I really love what you guys do and, and the platform um, you guys gave to uh, uh, that like, you know, life is bigger than just kind of being a physical therapist, right? We're like human beings that just want to be better, a little bit better every day. So I love that about what you guys do. So it's an honor to be on here.
1: Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we're we two PTs, but we don't really like to talk about too much PT stuff, but more about like <laughs> life, business, growth, like it's more to like what you said, there's more to life than just PT and and there's a lot that people have to offer. So giving people the opportunity to explain their stories and how they got to where they're at and hopefully inspire the next generation or whoever's listening um, to take massive steps in their own journeys as well. But um, for you, can you kind of give us a little bit of background into who you are and, and why you decided to go into the PT realm?
0: Yeah, I kind of have a traditional like the most common story, you know, where you get injured and then, you you know, you get introduced to the field. And, and, and so I had that happen just at a very early age. So I happened to be about 14 years old when I had um a shoulder injury, uh, which led me to my first time going to PT. And then when I was 16, I had a major back injury where that really opened my eyes to the field because at the time I was, you know, I was 16 and they wanted to do, you know, I'll never forget the orthopedic surgeon was like, oh, we we're going to do surgery on you. And I was like that, wait a minute, you know, like <laughs> I'm 16, maybe there's something else we could do. Like, and for whatever reason I questioned him, I was like, Hey doc, I'm not doing that. Uh, maybe I can go to PT and we'll, and we'll figure that out. And I did. And I've, you know, been, and you know, that got me to where I don't have any limitations of what I can do. So I recovered from that. Um, you talk about being a basketball fan, you know, I played basketball my whole, my whole life. So, uh, you know, I ended up recovering from that played my senior year, got a couple offers for for basketball. And then, you know, I, um, so like, it was like a full recovery. And, and that just to me was like a life-changing moment where I was like, if I can provide resources, so first, somebody doesn't get injured, but second, if they do need uh, the platform, um, they know that there's somebody out there that can help them, you know, like, so that that was my like purpose. And then at a, at a young age, and it was just like, how is that going to manifest throughout this, you know, as I get older and older throughout uh, going into PT school and, and then eventually opening up my own clinic.
2: I think that's an interesting story because imagine you didn't have that first encounter with physical therapy and then you had the back injury that was like your first encounter with like a healthcare professional and they're like oh do surgery you don't question it you might not have like been even introduced to physical therapy and you might not have the same function that you do now do you think of that
0: What every day like it like um truthfully like I think my superpower as a person is like is ability to reflect and like have self-awareness and so like I I really do take try to take a moment every day to be like uh for sure think about that perspective like you know if I didn't go to therapy at 14 and I would have seen I wouldn't have literally seen other people with back injuries get treated while I was getting treated you know and then um I would have been I would have Probably missed out on my senior year of basketball just out of straight recovery of the surgery and and PT and I and and then I, I don't know man like so you know it's a gift and a curse because I wasn't I was in a lot of pain during high school you know like literal physical pain but like that level of pain uh, was like a driving battery throughout the rest of you know what's now been my career like anytime like I kind of, I'm tired or whatever I can just go back to that feeling. And and then use it to 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 overcome whatever whatever's in front of me. So no, I'm definitely I I I constantly I don't dwell on the past because that's I think that's a a way that's a way to get kind of in quicksand. But I appreciate it and, and then use it to to get me to where I want to go in the future.
1: Did you always know that self awareness was something that you have always been very high on, or is that something you had to develop? And how if you had to develop it, how did you develop that skill of being more self aware?
0: You know that's a great question. I I would say if you ask my family or my mom, or my parents, I've always been a a I've always been a, a different child I guess like in terms of like just the way like I process, like I you know I was in, I was in gifted mm-hmm. when I was younger at a very young age and um and it wasn't because like I was just like highly intelligent individual. I, I think it was just the way that I've, I have I processed things, thoughts, ideas uh and i just like anyone did actually spend a lot of time um hiding hiding like behind my the way that i actually process just to feel more um comfortable around people right like so you know you hide you hide your your strengths and and what you think are insecurities uh just to feel more at you know more at ease like um or feel more normal so no i knew at a young age but it took me a while to uh to be open about, oh no, like I, I, I do often think and process about, you know, what are my, what are, what's, what's, what do I need to be better at and what am I good at? And then like, I'm constantly processing that and communicating that with people that I love and trust. Um, and that happens through like, you know, watching videos and reading books I do, I read a lot of self-help books and, and uh, listen to a lot of interviews and listen to a lot of podcasts throughout, throughout the years um to just build that build the confidence truthfully like build confidence uh into being being okay with who i am you know and and which is really dope because you guys you guys will love this from a sports reference like i got to a point probably about i want to say around the time when i when i opened up the clinic so not even that long ago where i realized like all the goats in 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 basketball or or whatever and football they're really confident people like like almost irrationally confident. Like, like it's really, it, it, it and it, but it never comes off like, uh, you know, those who recognize it never look at it and be like, oh, like uh, um, F that person or whatever the case may be. They, they love it. They're, they're drawn by the level of confidence that that person has. And it's because they know that it comes from the work that they put in. So uh, we're taught to kind of be humble or be, or like have this ridiculous humility, but recently, you know, I I talked about this before, but recently uh, I realized that humility is when you think you're less than somebody. Like that's the literal definition of humility. And that to me was like, it's kind of toxic to think like that. So, um, and then I look at all the people who are really good at what they do. I go, they're not, they're, they're not, they have a sense of humility, but they're actually walk around very confident. And so once I realized that it was like, okay, but let me be okay with who I am funny
1: that you funny that you mentioned it because i was just about to bring up the being humble a toxic trait. because i heard you i heard you say that i was like that is a bar like you don't think about it like that because everyone's like you got to be humble you got to like diminish what you've accomplished and stay open yeah. to things but i think being able to recognize the amount of work that you put in and how you can solve the problems that people are coming in with you with like not everyone can do that you have your own gifts I have my own gifts. Key has has her own gifts, and that's mm-hmm. what makes each of us our own person. So I love how you broke down that that being humble, be confident in your work and in your prep, and it'll help you like set off to um achieve higher things and be more confident in yourself because you've achieved the things that you said you was going to accomplish for yourself.
0: Yeah, Because being confident, it's, just, it's like it's interesting. Like it, it's your way of being proud of yourself, right? Like when you're arrogant it's like you you're kind of just lying to people right but when you're when you're confident no you're proud of the work that you put in when people weren't looking right you know uh you know that whole saying no characters but no one when no one's watching like that's where you really build your confidence and like you know so why shouldn't we and you're right the society does tell us to um you know and through every situation we're in like be 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 humble have, have humility this and this and that and that's cool. I think you should in the, in the things that you haven't put the work in. Right. Like, like, uh, I don't know what it's like to be a professional soccer player. So when I'm in that, if I'm in that situation, talking to a professional soccer player, I'm going to have a sense of humility because I don't know what, what it's like. Right. But if someone's going to come up to me about recovery and uh, recovery and physical therapy about in performance, no, I'm going to have a level of confidence. Like you don't understand how many hours I put in, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to be confident about that. Like, if not me, who, who then, you know, So that's the way I look at it.
2: That's crazy because I never even thought to look up the definition of humility and I just did. And I do think it's a toxic trait trait to think like that. Why would you think that you're less than? But I do think that does come from, like you said, it comes from like putting the time in. And I think that's just acknowledging like when you're in certain situations, you're not always the expert when it comes to the shit you know. You shouldn't act with humility. You should act like how how you are. You know what I mean? Like the expert. Um so I thought that was cool. I I didn't even think of that. That's very toxic to think like that.
0: (laughs) Right? Right. That's dope. Um, (laughs) That's a bar. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Thank you.
2: That's definitely a bar. How did you get into like the mindset of wanting to own your own stuff?
0: I give my parents a lot of credit. I my entire life my, my mom and my stepdad Um, love them to death by the way shout out to them Uh, I wouldn't give them all the praise in the world Um, they owned their business my entire life Like they had a a contracting business uh, AC business so I've only known what it's like to be in a household with with entrepreneurs you know like uh, so I I saw the benefits of it I saw the negative side of it I saw the hustle you know everything that it took but the funny thing that my parents did And I get, I don't know I don't know if they realized they did it, but they would literally like tell me, kind of like, hey, like how hard we're working, we're still happy doing this, you know. And that was dope to me, like for them to literally, you know, look at me as a kid and be like, hey, we're still happy doing this, like we love this more than you know we despise. So for me, it just gave me the it it opened my brain at a very early age that owning something even as a minority was possible, right? So like that to me was like and it was cool like it, it, i'm not gonna lie to you like there's a part of it that's like I, i'm a very like a, let me do something different than the norm kind of deal and i'm very aware that what do you what do you guys think like the percentages of you know uh of a cash-based out-of-network doctor who owns a clinic at less than 30 years old right so like as a minority so like I literally look at that and like that's a challenge like okay maybe I can open a door for for more people to do it
2: yeah definitely I think that all you need like all somebody needs is exposure we talk about that a lot on this podcast but I definitely think there's students that or people in healthcare that are looking at like your journey and you're kind of like opening the door for them and then like you don't even know it so it just takes you seeing that one person and like things just click. Cause like, that's how I got into like wanting to own my own stuff was like Greg Todd, like you're Greg Todd to somebody. Mm, um.
0: Yeah. So all wow. you need is that. Wow.
2: All you need is that exposure. I think that just makes a wow. difference.
0: Kiani, I'm going to tell you something that happened really dope uh, f- this Friday. Um, I have a cousin of mine. It happens to be a professor at uh, uh, Valencia and he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, there's a kid who, um who's thinking about becoming a PT uh he is is it okay if he reaches out to come talk to you and and I was like yeah of course like of course tell him to come by we'll schedule something he came by and all he said to me like we had a a great conversation but the big thing he said at the end of it was like hey I just want to tell you thank you to let me like you made me realize this is possible and I was like, Whoa, like, that's a big responsibility. Like, you know, but it was super dope to like, even for someone to even say that. And, and, and like that kind of stuff motivates me to, to stay confident. And like, to, it, like, it gives me so much energy. Like that, that's, it, that's truly why you do it. Right. Cause like you said, like I had, we had mentors and stuff like that, but um, you know, t- to now be in a space where I can help somebody, you know, maybe, you know, do it way better than I'm doing it. It's like so, so dope, so dope to me.
2: And I think that makes the days where you're like, damn, I don't want to do this. Or like the days that are hard that like you can look back and be like, somebody like somebody needs this. And I think that's what allows you to kind of keep pushing when things get hard, you don't feel like doing stuff. Um, just being able to look back on, on that and know that there's more people out there that may not speak up, but are still watching.
0: Yeah, facts, facts.
1: When you, was in, um, when you were in PT school, I heard, I know you went to a hybrid program and you yeah. made it a strategic decision to go to a hybrid program because you wanted to also mm-hmm. have time to focus on the business. Um, can, has the business, so the business has been an idea since for a long time and you started PT yeah. school. How did you manage PT school, family, starting to learn about the business aspect of things and making your next
0: moves? that I manage I have a great support system. Uh, I think there's certain things that um, I'm I, I'm your, I, I'm lucky, and I know lucky is like you know preparation or hard work when they meet together. So I, I uh, I'm not going to be I guess really hung about that because I know the importance of building good relationships throughout life. Like you do have to take your you do have to, it's important to water the relationships you have, the ones that you really care about. So I guess I was able to do that well enough throughout my life where I have, uh, you know, the same group of five best friends that I've had for 20 plus years, you know, like I have a, a family that's really close-knitted that like if I need anything, they're there, you know, and I know that's things that like I don't take for granted and I know that that's not something that everyone has. So I don't take that for granted and I often wake up and go, okay, well, how can I take advantage of the situation I've been given, right? The cards that I've been given. And, uh, and that's what I try to do every day. So during grad school, like I wake up legitimately, man. I don't, and again, I don't know why I process like this, but I would wake up and be like, all right, I'm still, still good. I'm still healthy. Uh, my family loves me. My friends are good. Uh, all right, how can I take advantage of today and like be the best version of whatever I could today? And no one's perfect. Like, you know how many shitty days, like, or days where I, I'll go to sleep and be like, well, that wasn't a good one today. <laughs> like, I, I did not give it my all. But like more often than not, like. More often than not, you know their their ability to kind of be a, a soundboard for uh, for me making sure I still kept them proud, right? Hey, y'all good? Y'all still, like, I'm good? You, you know, um, that was really important to me. As long as I had those select, like, 10 people, 15 people in my life that knew that I love and care about them and I had to sacrifice a lot of time, um, but still give enough to them where they knew that I cared about them and I prioritized them whenever I did have time, like, that's really what drove me.
2: Outside of the people you just mentioned so like people in yeah. your class or like people around you what were they saying when you like had the idea of starting things like right out of school
0: actually ironically i won We you know superlatives that i won the uh, most likely to open up your own business so like everyone knew like i always talked about it i always yeah. talked about it like like it was like it, it was my way of like maybe like i i talked about it not because i was trying to like to, like be like uh, oh, I'm gonna open up my own business. It was more so like I wanted to hear their ideas. Like I'm very aware that I'm that my own experiences have only allowed me to have the ideas that I have. Every single person has their own experiences. So I'm like, wait, if you were to do it, how would you do it? And then I'm gonna take what I what I like from it, right? But I would ask everybody. I'm such a hey, well, how would you do it? You know, like I'm not gonna take their advice per se in terms of like oh, I put so much value in what they're saying. Cause I, cause you, I still got to trust my gut, but I understand that I've only lived my experience. Right. So I would talk about it a lot and I would want to hear from them and hear their suggestions and how, you know, whatever, whatever. And so a lot, oftentimes because they knew my position, if they found an article or if they found a, a podcast or something, they would always send it to me. Like, and so that was really dope to me. Like that would be, like, oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, and 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 so that's where being open with your dreams is is interesting because it leaves you vulnerable, right? But it also can be a way to keep you accountable, uh, and, and and allow people who truly care about you to show interest in what you need in 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 what you're doing.
2: I think that's so unique because, like, a lot of times when people are going against the green and doing something that's not traditional. They get like people telling them that they shouldn't do it or like down their idea, like not supporting. So I think like your story is kind of unique because it seems like you didn't have like too much of that in your ear, which is good.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. no. Let me get it. Let, let, let me rephrase it. <laughs> a bunch of people were telling me that. <laughs> no, l- listen. A bunch <laughs> of people were like, this is impossible. This is going to happen. You got to do, you got to wait five years after you're out of school. You got to work for this. while, you know, that. I heard it all. But when you have a level of like, you know, like, there's just like whatever is in my gut, whatever it is, like I want, I was only really paying attention to the good stuff. Right. Like the bad stuff gets you on the bad days, of course, like, man, you know, maybe it's impossible or this and that. But majority of the time when I speak, I don't speak in all or nothing, but majority of the time, I, I, I really made a conscious decision to focus on the positive. Cause you'd be surprised like how many, you know, it's so funny, the same people that tell you, you know, that I look back and tell you like, oh, you shouldn't have done that are the same people to be like, hey, do you mind like talking about your experience? And like, and I'm like, man, come on now. Like, but, but I love it. I love it. And so, no, there's a bunch of people that told me that it was the wrong thing to do. I just decided not to listen.
2: I think it's a skill to not listen. <laughs> I think it's a good yeah. thing to not listen. Like, it's, it, I feel like it's definitely something that you have to learn how to do because, like, we're so, like, from a young age, we're, like, we're taught to listen to everybody, like, that has that's older than us or mm-hmm. that has more experience or, like, just supposed to be more wise. But I think you have to learn to, like, trust your ideas even if it may not make sense yet. Like, that's definitely a skill, and I think it's a good one to have because most people aren't, like, aren't equipped to do it or they're just scared to do it.
0: you know, it's interesting, Kiani, like um, we, if you ask majority of people on the street about healthcare, right, the healthcare system, they'd be like, yeah, it's kind of messed up, right? So everyone knows the healthcare system is kind of screwed and manipulative and, and only really cares about people who are injured, right? But we also know that the way change happens is through the wisdom of the old and the energy of the youth. So you have to be able to like question authority when you know the system isn't good, Right? Like so uh it's a skill, but it's needed. Like, and the cool thing about being a physical therapist uh is we're the most under, in my opinion, obviously objectively speaking, <laughs> uh most undervalued and underused profession to allow people to stay healthy, right? And but then you got to think about why, like, why is that the case? Well, the reason why is because the people we're probably we can be one of the leading MSK wise, right? We can't help systematically, but MSK wise we can help so many people stay healthy, but ultimately that means we'll be, the, we're going to be one of the biggest the reasons why maybe the healthcare system loses money because they've yet to learn how to monetize primary and secondary care. Right. So when you, so because we, we understand that it, it, it takes like, it takes you, it takes me, it takes both, you know, both of you guys, like uh, with the the one you know, with everyone that else is involved. Like, we have to be open to being like, no, we know that this is a problem. Like, so I'm not gonna listen to the negativity, like because I know this is a problem. So it's a skill set, but I think it draws from the need, like the word need, like it needs to change.
1: Do you feel like that's a big? That it's a big problem. That's a big problem. Um, do you feel like understanding? your own thing that puts extra pressure on you to try
0: and make create that change um i, I think it gives me a sense of, a sense of purpose like um as a i played you know i played basketball my whole life i was an athlete my whole life so for me it's like i really truly look at life um like it's a sport like for real like i, I think basketball is the closest i mean any sport but since I play basketball is the closest metaphor to life, right? So, you know w- w- what gets you up to go to the gym when, when, when you know early in the morning, right? W- w- you know, how how do you communicate w- w- with coaches? How do you you know other you know, people of authority? You know, how how do you how do you compete with your own teammates, you know, your coworkers or colleagues, right? Like how do you how do you deal with fans, right? That are talk that talk shit and and also help you out like you know how how do you go about you know making sure you're good and your habits and your insecurities are taken care of that way you can perform the best you can or in your job or whatever so I look at it I look at it as as like I've almost been given another opportunity to be a professional athlete right except now I'm doing it through my career and so for me it's like it's cool yeah I guess it's pressure and it is, it is like it, I get like, even then like oh I guess um because it's just what I want to wake up and, and and do every day. So I don't really look at it from a day in and day out. What I do focus on is like, okay, like if this is my career, this is my sport, and I I'm and if I'm Kobe and Kobe was in my position and this was his sport, like, how would he go about it? You know, technically pressure would just give him an opportunity to be great. Right. So that's the way I look at it.
1: So then what does greatness look like in your eyes?
0: Greatness looks like in my eyes. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, how you're able to wake up and make, um, you know, oof, that's a good question. Let me think. Let me think. Greatness to me is just—it's really just a growth mindset. So it really is like waking up, trying to be the best version of yourself in every facet, and knowing that you're not going to be, but at the same time, you're still striving. So, uh, progress over perfection, all day, every day. But um, you know, I—I I realized, I learned uh, probably, I want to say about five years ago that progress is happiness. Actually, right? Like that's actually where where happiness lies is in progress. So if you can wake, greatness happens when you wake up every day, just trying to be a little bit better at any facet of your life, whether it's being a better sibling, a better son, a better father, a better whatever, Like that's, that's great to me when you wake up and, and accept that responsibility and challenge.
1: I like, I like that. So then opening up, like deciding to the process of opening up Swish and opening your own business, what is, what were some of the things that you felt like you needed to, improve on or whether it was yourself or what did you need two things you needed to learn in order to get the process continue the process of opening swish
0: uh i'll give you something logistical i had to learn that i had to learn that i that i wasn't competing with insurances so i'm an out-of-network provider uh, uh and i was like when I before opening up officially, I was like, "How do I compete with insurances? Like, am I gonna charge less? No, that doesn't make sense. Like, am I gonna charge? Like, I was so confused about that, and that's where I came across the problem-based solution, uh, a solutions-based clinic, um, which has been a game changer for how I look at how my business model is different than a traditional-based, and therefore it gives me a platform to go okay, I'm no longer com- in, in competing with insurance because I can't because if I'm, but I'm also not that. So it gave me, it gave me a foundation to believe in what I'm doing and then get really good at that. Um, And then the second thing was I had, I, you know, to be transparent, I I had to, um, I, I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of therapy, you know, and I know that's not like a, a fancy topic to talk about. And I think it should be talked about more in terms of like mental health and everything like that. I, I, I did a lot of, a lot of therapy. And the reason why is because I realized that the business was only going to go as far as my insecurities. Right. So, uh, even when it comes to like talking about money, like that's a taboo topic, right. Uh, negotiation and budgeting and all that stuff. And when you have to communicate with a, with a patient about what you're going to charge, if you don't come out confident and and secure about what you're doing, you're either not going to get the deal or you're going to get completely undervalued. Right. So that's an example of, Know, what 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 I had to go through, right? And then being confident, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, right? You know, I was only eight months removed from from uh, uh, actually six months removed from getting my license when I opened up my clinic, right? So there's that level of like, no, I'm I'm good enough, you know, like and going to therapy to realize like, okay, where's my insecurity with that lie, you know, and and fixing that and realizing like, no, I am good enough for this. Like I've treated a, a bunch of people and I have been around people who were quote unquote experienced, and I'm like, mm, I'm definitely a little, you know, like, mm, they're not that special. Like, and, and, and so it gave me, you know, realizing like, don't, don't, don't shy away from that. Be confident about that, you know? And, and so I would say the second thing I had to learn was definitely the importance of m- making sure my insecurities are taken care of. And that's an ongoing thing, by the way.
2: It's definitely an a ongoing thing. I think it's something that like you won't ever fully master, but I think that's the importance of like just being self-aware and knowing that like you're always going to have certain things that you have to deal with, but you're just trying to get better, but realizing that you're like not, not ever going to reach that point. And I think that's what keeps you going. Um, I progress. think it's interesting. Yeah. Progress over perfection. I, I think it was interesting that you said that if you're insecure with dropping your price or telling people your price or how much you're going to charge them, um, that they're not going to buy. And I think that's so true because like, that's something I do with too. Like I feel like if I tell somebody my price, like I don't like dealing with like that office on the phone, like that awkward silence, and then you start talking, like talking yourself out of it. Yeah. You see like, money on the table when people didn't even question the price yet, and oh. I do think that comes like from like an insecurity. You know you're you know you're good enough, but then you're wondering if people also know that you're good enough. Um. So I just try to like yeah. price the job and deal with the silence.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you two things that like really opened my mind. To, like literally like it was a mind blown. I had, um, I had just, I had just opened up my clinic, right. I had a client come in, you know, I'm like, in all, like, I'm so excited. Somebody was actually interested in working, you know, like, I'm, you know, th- those jitterbugs or whatever. And it's the first time I was going to offer like a solutions based offer. I offered it. It was a price that in my eyes, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? And, uh, I, I did it as soon as he paid, as soon as he paid, he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. You could have got me for about three, four times more. I said, I was like, oh no. Like I was so upset. Like I was, and that just became, because exactly what you talk about, that insecurity of being like, what is what of my value? What are my values? Like, am I counting this person's pocket? So that was number one. The second thing that blew my mind was I saw like a random reel of Snoop Dogg. And they asked him like, yeah, how much do you charge for a verse? And he was like $250,000 to write. And then if they wanted him to do the music video, $250,000 more dollars. And I was like, to write words, like I'm a hip hop head, but like I was like, to write a verse? Like, what are we doing here? Like, and it's not like it's like no disrespect. It's not like Snoop Dogg is like, you know, at this point in time is the same, you know. Like, I was like, come on, that's crazy. We're actually out here changing people's lives, like, like and ain't like, and I'm scared to offer, you know, whatever it is. Like, I was like, Nope. Nope. How can he how, and the reason why he gets away with it? And if you look, at, and I remember analyzing it, and I was like, that dude said that with so much confidence, like. He almost made me want to find two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like I, you know, just it, 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 was crazy. So those two things always stay in my in my brain when I think about like finding, like you know, what I'm gonna price.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Two hundred fifty k is wild. Um, but <laughs> how do you, how did you go about? Well, I don't know if you if you did this yet, but I think like as a business owner, you have certain prices when you first start out. Mm-hmm. And if you're dealing with, like, the insecurity with already, like, charging a certain price, did you, like, increase your prices over time? How did you deal with, like, telling people that new price and being confident in it?
0: Um So this is what makes, I, I think, what we do a little bit different. So the, the easy way to go about pricing is to have standardized prices, right? Um, You, you go, hey, we're going to charge X, Y, Z for this is what we're doing. I don't necessarily do that. What I do, and this is why it takes a lot of insecurity and also a lot of understanding like the psycho, biopsychosocial of individuals, um, is I try not to leave. I do my best because we're still a business and I know that the so the principle of, I ha- in order to help people, I have to make sure the business stays alive, right? Um, I don't have a set price because things are valued differently for for different people. So, my job, when I'm talking about money with people or what we're budgeting, I am going based on how valuable is this for them. Right. And so that takes a lot, a lot of skill to understand like this person might pay 2500 but this person might pay 5000 Right. And so, and then, you know, someone can th- look at that and be like, well, it's kind of messed up. You're charging somebody, will, you know, differently. I was like, first of all, we're not in the field where everyone's the same. Right. Like, Everyone is different, so it, why do we have standardized prices for everyone that's different? Like, right. so I look again. The reason why we do have standardized prices because it takes out the level of insecurity. You can just you can just lay lay back on the prices you have set, right? During those, hey, this is what I charge. This is what I charge, right? Versus having now being super engaged and listening and being like, oh, wait a minute, this is really important to them, right? I might be able to charge this, you know we'll see I'm gonna do it I'm gonna try I'm gonna attempt and then then you go for it And they're like yeah yeah of course you know you're like whoa I made double that I would have made the person who did you know so that's what makes it a little bit different I think
2: how do you go about doing that like what is your process of knowing like that somebody could pay one price or the other
0: so I have a set number in my brain that I have to have so I do have a set price in my brain that I need if something, so I think about it like per month. So if we if I have a diagnosis or whatever, and the where they're trying to get to might take, you know, it should take around three months. In my mind, I kind of have a set number of what I will charge per month. Right? The minimum. I have the minimum that I'll charge per month. And I don't let myself get under that. So if you think about it, if somebody's take three months, then I multiply that number by three. And that I know that's that I know I can't go under. So I'll you know I might charge I might charge a little bit more and then and then and then maybe maybe it goes down a little bit to to that set number that I know I won't go under, right? So that's the way I think about it. Like in my brain, I I do have something that I can lay back on in terms of what I'm what I'm able to value my what I value myself per month, and in order the business to be alive.
1: And then depending on how complex their problem is, does that change your pricing?
0: Uh. Yes, it can. It can. It can, for sure. Okay. Oh, for sure.
1: Okay. And then with, if let's say it's someone, did, what other factors, can you actually break down what solutions-based problem Ooh. solving is? for? Because I think I have a sort of idea, but just to like break yeah. it down for everybody so we're all on the same page.
0: Yeah. Uh, so a solutions-based practice is, um, you essentially reverse engineer where they're trying to get to, to where they are. So when someone comes in, uh, you know, they, they communicate and, and, and the whole first consultation really is just trying to understand what's the why behind what they're doing. Like, why are they here? Like, are you, are you just trying to get out of pain? Like that does, that's not a big enough why. Like, I know people might think it wouldn't, it's not, you have to have the why of like, you know what, man, I've never, I've never run a 5k before. Cause I never thought I could with all this back pain. Right. Okay. We have, let's do that. Right. So that's an example. Right. Let's run. We're, we're going to get you to run a five K. And right now you have bilateral knee pain, lower back pain. And we're going to get you to run that five K in three, you know, three months. Right. And then and that's what we do now. So now we have set objectives. We have we know what we're trying to get to. And so we know therapy ends. Right. Once you uh, once you've achieved that goal. Right. Right. Um, And so we, so that's essentially what what solution is based. And the reason why I love it and adore it, and this goes back to now I'm not competing with insurances, is because insurances get paid whenever you come in. It's based on copays, right, and units that they can bill. So someone comes in, they hey, we see you for 53 minutes, we can bill you for four units. You get out, right? So the business structure is made. For them to be incentivized to see you every single time you come in. Right. So I tell people, uh, so when a solutions based, what I typically do is either have them on a payment plan or they pay up front for a little bit discounted of a price, right? Once they've paid, I as a clinician and am now incentivized to better fast, because if I get you better faster, I technically make more money per session right so it is literally the opposite way of looking at healthcare in the way the healthcare system is right i am not incentivized to keep you here long i am now incentivized to get you better faster which is the complete opposite of what it what it's like for insurance based
1: yeah I, I don't know why when i taught that earlier that, that makes so much sense to me like that, <laughs> i don't know why it don't make sense for me to like want to see people 3 4 times a week for like eight weeks when i if you can get them better once or twice a week for six weeks versus 12 like yeah you just save so much more time you make more money and you can also bring more people into the door if you can get mm-hmm. people out because I, I know you was talking about like you got a roster of like mm-hmm. 15 people that you're trying to keep on at, at one time and so yeah if you can get people faster and you can get a person out and then you can bring someone else onto the team and like it just keeps it moving that way i like i yeah.
0: like it i like that a lot dude that's awesome yeah that's that's essentially the thing and what i realized was man what I, what just made me realize is like it's okay that ins- i'm not mad at insurances like i think we we do need to have uh a, a situation where people who typically wouldn't um maybe um, i just I, I always go back to fast food and fine dining that's kind of the easiest metaphor like you know, fast food is a thing. Like people just need something to eat real quick. They go like that's what traditional based PT to me is like it's fast food. Like you get in, get out, and 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 it's less price and you know whatever. But it catches up to you. It, you know it really can. But it's there versus those people who are willing and, and to 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 value themselves enough to go. You know what? I'm gonna have a fine dining experience with my life with my health care, right? Then then they know then they have the option. What what I realized is there aren't enough fine dining experiences in, in, in PT. Right? There's just fast food. And so um that's essentially the way I look at it.
2: I know it's like I like that idea. I know there's like people that say like cash pay isn't affordable for people, which mm-hmm. I think at times yes, but I, I I've also seen more situations where People can't even afford to use their insurance. Their co-pay is so high. So like you might as well see me outside of my my job. So like I'm tired of hearing like the whole cash pay is too expensive. No, it's not. Insurance is expensive because you're paying all this money and you can't even use it. So I think there does does need to be more um, fine dining experiences in PT. And then I think that will um, save people more money in the long run. Because there's so many people that go to PT two times a week, I mean, two times a week for eight weeks, and don't get better Yeah. at all. They get like 60% yeah. better. and They can't even return to the stuff they want to they get back to when you could have fully got better in less time with less money if you accumulate it, like if you tally it up and compare it. But I guess people just aren't like taught to think like that. We are just taught to keep people on program for X amount of time and not really care if they're getting better
0: it's so. it's literally it's literally the most frustrating thing ever like uh and as clinicians we we understand that but it's like we do i i honestly think like pts i mean doctors in general are are really uh are really how do i say this politely you don't have to be polite <laughs> i am yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't be polite <laughs> don't be polite um like we're only good at math and science like we, we have to understand the cycle, like the psychology behind a lot of the way these patients think, like, like, even from like a, for example, um uh keeping a patient for one, you know, for an hour, one-on-one and being like, oh, you're going to get so much more time with me. Right. Like we're, we're going to spend so much time together. Like, that's not what they want. They want to spend time with their family. They want to spend time with their friends. They want to spend time with like their loved ones. Like they don't like, they want the experience with you as a clinician and a doctor to be fun and, 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 and that, but they want, they just want us to know that we care. Right. And we're here as a resource and that we want to get them better faster. Right. Whereas like most physicians are like, Oh, my time is worth like, no, like stop. It's not about us. Like it's about the clients. Like it's about the people. um, So, and, and they're not good. At, and then most, I guess, uh, you know, doctors in our, in our physician or physicians general just aren't good at business. Like don't even understand like business. Right, like sales and marketing, and like brand, and so on and so forth. And I get it because we spend so much time with math and science. That's like, oh, what time are we going to get like learning about branding? You know, like, but um, but still, it's not an excuse for after we we graduate to want to know more and to be better for the general population.
1: Where did you? Because I know you don't have a business background, do you?
0: No, I have just a okay. curiosity. I'm just I'm just a curious person.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, what, that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I thought he was gonna say. Um, so then how important was it for you to find mentors? And then how did you go about finding the right mentors for you?
0: Mm. Um mentors. I've been fortunate enough to have mentors and it wasn't necessarily that like they showed me the way to do things, it was just cool people in the field that were like yo we we need we need you to do this like if like if we were if we can go back to when you were a, your uh when we were your age like th- we would do it this way we just can't now because it's too late <laughs> like they're stuck in the matrix or whatever that you want you want to look at it like so it was cool people like uh like chris burley who was my who i worked as a tech when i was at brooks um and he was my mentor that was like that was always kind of like he knew from a very young age like he was or when i was you know young and a tech he he would always like tell that hey go keep make sure you do it make sure you do it like I'm kind of I'm going to live vicariously through you like so they empowered me to do that and then during my rotation um oh my god I'm blanking on his name he's gonna get so mad at me but um but yeah so during my first rotation one of the first things you know they ask you like oh what are you trying to learn or like what do you want to take from this rotation you know and he was so shocked that I was like hey I want to learn the business side of things right hey I want you to teach me like what would you do if if you were running the clinic or what are you doing to run the clinic? Like, and, and he was like, put off, you know, like, Whoa, like, so you don't care about my manual skills. I'm like, no, 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 I do. I do appreciate that, but I I want to know more. And so then he was like, he would then stay up and like find an article or like hey, can you stay afterwards? And, and, uh, and I had this idea. We're going to draw out what, what, what clinic I would want it to look like or how much square feet, like just, I now like, they were just in, in um, excited about sharing the way that they would go about things and and that was a cool part so you know especially when it could have been the opposite they could have been like nah you're dumb like like don't like don't do it like you're stupid you should be focusing on this like like you know so I appreciate the mentors that didn't that empowered me and didn't uh they didn't put their insecurities on me yeah we talked about
1: that a little bit on this podcast too about how some people project their fears or their own insecurities onto, onto you and kind of stopped you from trying to achieve your dreams because they wasn't able to achieve theirs. Uh, so I, I I love that. I think that, that's really cool that you was able to have people that supported you, that pushed you, that just told you, yo, you got to do this because <laughs> we, we got high we got high expectations, but we know that you can do this because you're driven and I mean, you, know, you know what you want. And I think that's the, the first thing. Once you know what you want, And the answers are going to be there. And it's just about trying to stay on the path to, to getting there and having the time and the consistency and putting in the work to, to get to where you want to go. But I feel like if you don't know what you want, then you just kind of all over the place and hoping for (laughs) something to stick. And and it's just, you're never going to be satisfied.
0: Man, that's honestly the, that's the one thing that I don't quite understand is why at the age of 14 I am still doing what I what I wanted to do at 14. Like that to me doesn't um like why was I given that idea? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't know, but but it's been there since then and um I got to I want to give a huge shout out since I have the opportunity for my my stepdad um and uh Jose Gamboa, man, he, out of out of at, as often as he could, he would always he taught me really two big um big big lessons he would constantly, when he saw the struggle that, you know, like the days that people don't see, he, at a very young age, he would ask me, Hey, um, are you still happy? Right. And then, and then also tell me like, if you're not, um, then you can switch. Like the goal in life is for you to make sure you're happy and at peace. Like, so he made me like, Extremely okay, even when I like I had already maybe a lot of debt or whatever it was. Like he was like, Yo, if you're not happy, move on. Right. And that made me feel okay with failing. Right. Cause my like that was really dope to me. Like, I can't, I don't think he understands like the power of that. That he had to be like, Hey, look, are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. All right, keep doing what you're doing. Right. That's one. And then number two was he was the one, the first person that ever broke down what reverse engineering was. And and that to me has been a game changer in terms of going like, what am I trying to accomplish? And now we know it is like manifesting, right? You know, like we look at what we're trying to get to and then try to figure out any kind of step that 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 we got to, you know, we got to do to get there. So those are two huge things that I I, I can't tell them thank you enough. Um, and so that's helped me in, in business a lot.
2: I think a lot of times, like people don't have the support system, whether it's like their partner, their family, or like their like surrounding friends. They don't have, like, that support from them to make them feel, like, okay with failing. So, like, their fear of failing is so strong that they don't even start. So, I think a lot of people just want to know that, like, their close people in their circle are still going to, like, support them no matter what. And I think that allows you to go a lot further as opposed to if you had no support.
0: Facts. I I don't know if you guys know, I failed my first attempt at my MPT. So my first attempt, I failed and it was like the scariest thing. And it and it goes back to exactly what you're saying because my biggest fear wasn't about how the world was going to perceive it or whatever. It was like, did I let my immediate family down, right? And I'll never forget, like as soon as I told my mom and my family, like their first reaction, I thought it was going to be negative. Like, what the heck have you been doing all this whole time, right? Like, were you not studying? Like, did you not care? Like, what do you think? Like, there's so much sacrifice. No, my my their first reaction is like, all right, when's the next time you can take it? And what can we do to help you? I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like I'm good. You know? And uh, for anyone that like, I get how lucky I am to have a support system and, and I'm very, and, and and I get it that that's a, that's a benefit and, a, and I'm, I love them to death, but uh, I will say that um, to those who, who, who struggle with that, like, all you really need is one person. Like and and I think everyone has one person, you know, uh, that you can be open and receptive to, you know. So, yeah,
1: one person. But I think it also has to has to be the right person. Like you can't just be yeah yeah yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is this is the only person I got. So I'm gonna tell you everything, and then you know, no, nah. who knows where it goes. But if you got the right, I think yeah, it don't got to be five ten. It can one person can can change your life if you if you allow them, if you allow them to and they're they're sending you on the right way so I, I absolutely agree with that um so you opened swish in may this year mm-hmm. correct yeah now it's now we're in december from mm-hmm. month 1 to month 9 how has it grown how have you, how has it been what's it been like being a full business owner
0: oh man it's been amazing the, the one thing i will there's a caveat to that i opened may 4th um uh, it, but I was I was part time. I was also working uh almost, damn near full time at another job. So I was working like hundred hour weeks uh for, um, for about two and a half months, uh, or two months, yeah, two months. Um, and then, uh, July fifteenth was when I actually went full time. So I've I've been full time at Switch for 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 uh, since July fifteenth. And it's been an absolutely incredible experience. Like you go through your ups and downs, obviously, but like the best part about it is knowing that like everything you're doing, you're doing it for you. And on top of that, you understand the why, why you're the behind, why you're doing it. Right. So uh, when you're an employee or whatever, it, it, like sometimes you're like, you're just doing stuff because you're told to do it. Like that, that bothered me really bad. So um That's been the greatest part about the journey, and what's grown is now we're in a position where what I've been working on is this um, concept of like how can I change healthcare system or at least healthcare in the position that I am now with the power that with the power that I have as a clinic, and that's where uh, I'll soon actually you guys will be the first people I'm telling this is. I'm introducing what's going to be called Swish Pro and switch Pro Plus. And that will be, that'll, that'll come alive, uh, hopefully January 1st. And what it is, it's a service subscription-based service that is based around, uh, primary and secondary prevention. And so it's helping people, uh, stay, uh, obviously stay healthy and not waiting till their vehicle is broken down, right? Their body, you know? And so, uh, I'm very excited for this because it pretty much, uh, is a, a way to allow for physical therapists to truly be the primary physician for MSK problems. And, uh, and that's, that's what I'm truly excited about is to be able to be on a platform where I can use uh, to educate individuals to be like, Hey, Hey guys, the healthcare system waits for you to be injured. You guys realize that, right? Like waits, but just like a car, you should be checking your vehicle, you know, before the check engine light comes on, Right. And then if it does come on and you're, you know, if you look at your body, like, oh, my back hurts, but you know, I don't have a diagnosis yet, but you know, I wake up two out of seven days and my back hurts, but I don't do anything about it. Cause I don't know what to do. Right. And then it turns, and then you don't do anything about it, but then you wait till you get injured. Now you're injured. Right. So the system is going to be pretty much a subscription-based service where we do biannual checkups, uh, where I'll do a full body diagnostic checkup. We'll check every range of motion of the body or every joint of the body, um, um, every, um, Uh, muscle length testing of the you know the majority of muscles that have the issues like you know uh your hip flexors your your quads your hamstrings your dorsi you know your your uh your calves um and then on top of that we'll do two recovery sessions a month on top of that you'll be you'll given access to you know uh, telehealth phone calls and then on top of that you'll also be given um what what we call perks through our swiss pro which is i'm i've collaborated with uh we're right now 15 different companies throughout our, our the local community that have to do with living an active lifestyle. So whether it's a healthy cafe, whether it's a boxing, you know, whether it's Pilates, whether it's yoga, whether it's cycling, um, to allow people to go, okay, I'm a part of the subscription, I'm gonna go try this, I'm gonna go try this, I'm gonna go try this without any additional cost. Uh, through an exclusive membership between me and the me and the partner so it gives people a chance to fall in love with something active right um but also know they can they're going to continue to recover throughout the year with those two recovery sessions a month and that's how we're gonna my goal is to make Oviedo the healthiest place in in the united states like that's my goal
2: that's dope as hell i would subscribe to something like that
0: that's really dope thank you thank you
2: and thank i you. i just listened to um greg todd's podcast and he was just saying that like I don't know. It's not word for word, but he was saying the importance of collaboration, like collaborating with other people. That's how you want uh, to build your business, but also like uh, build a better product and make more money. Not saying that that's the sole reason for doing it, but collaboration is um,
0: key. By the way, money's not evil. It's what you do with it, right? Like yeah,
2: money's money's definitely not evil. But I had to clarify because you know some people might
0: yeah. take my
2: words and run with it.
0: <laughs> no, I feel you. But that but I you have know, PTSD. No. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, I feel you. Trust me, I feel you. But but it but it's so true. Like um, you know what? I don't. As long as you don't have a like a how I feel like a capitalistic mindset where it's like I'm just trying to make as much money as possible so I can then just keep it to myself. Like that's that's the wrong way to look at. It. I think it, we all have to find a way to help each other. Um, and you're right. Collaboration is key. Um, it, it really is. Like, and mind you. <laughs> like especially you guys understand this because this is the, the platform you guys have like health is way more than physical health like it is physical emotional intellectual psychological financial right and so i am good at physical health right that's what we're good at but i, I got to collaborate with the right financial people i got to collaborate with the right, the right psychological people i got to collaborate with the right nutritional people like so that's truly how you that's what healthcare should be, truthfully. So that's what I'm trying to create. Essentially, like it's almost like a little like physical therapy healthcare plan, you know. And that, and so I'm I'm really excited for for it.
2: And it's very it's very holistic. I think that you can't like address one part without addressing the other. Um, so I think your idea is very holistic, and that's kind of what physical therapy is meant to be. It's just that like in the insurance space, you're not afforded the opportunity to create something like that.
0: No. And that's the way I look at it is like, since I'm in this space, what can I do to take advantage of the opportunity? Truthfully.
2: When you were moving from working part-time at Swish to full-time, what mm-hmm. was going through your mind? Do you have any doubts about like supporting yourself full-time without the other job?
0: So I'm going to give you another definition. Anxiety is the fear of the future, right? That's the little definition of anxiety. And so my anxiety was at an all-time high and the issue was I, during those two months where I was working part-time and then like full-time at the other place was, I was like, man, I'm I'm not putting enough energy in Swish. Like I literally, how can I? Like I'm working. And so I knew that Swish had the, that I hadn't, I, I had yet to give it all. Right. So my anxiety or my fear wasn't based on, is this not going to work? It was based on, is this not going to work because I'm not giving it my all yet right is it gonna is it, is it gonna sink before I'm I'm actually able to give it my all and and so to be transparent like I had like two major panic attacks uh the first week of July like soup like bad and um and at that point that's when I was like I can't do this no more and so I I quit I, I quit my, my my other job and was like I'm 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 going full-time and that's why I say since then it's been like uh I, you, I can't smile enough
2: did you go back and forth on that decision to go full-time i'm like to quit your job
0: um you just woke
2: up one day and was like fuck it i'm doing it
0: nah it was really the panic attacks (laughs) like like, i'm not joking (laughs) like i was like yo this is not healthy like i can't i can't do this anymore this is not healthy like uh i'm not probably fun to be around right now like you know like when i'm out of work like this is not this shit is not good so it's it took it took that to be like Fuck it, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go full time and and then live with the results. Like you know, play basketball. Like if you do a turnover, you can't let it affect the next play. So like, or you're not supposed to. So you gotta make a decision and live with it. And that's kind of the biggest thing that I take. Like it's like fuck it. I'm making my full time decision. I'm gonna live with it regardless. You took ownership of the situation. It's like
1: if you airball it, you got and you a shooter. You can shoot that shit again. Shoot that yep. shit again every yep. time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got. You got to. You got to do it. You got to do it.
1: Absolutely. Um, I had a okay. I don't know if you have more questions on this aspect before I transition. Where I'm, um, almost just the last little segment here. Mm-hmm. Um, on the personal development side, you talked a lot about some books and podcasts and going to therapy. What were? Yeah, this is probably gonna be tough, but I'm gonna try and limit it. Top three books, of podcasts that changed our outlook on life business
0: uh, or or growth that's hard that's definitely hard the Uh, first one that comes to mind is uh the defining decade um uh, mm -hmm. i I don't know if you guys know about it but um i forgot the author but defining decade i've read that it talks about the importance of your 20s and i read that literally i finished it like the day before i turned 20 and i remember once i read it i was like all right, here I go. You know, like, it was like one of those, like, I gotta do, I gotta make these twenties count. Like, so, um, maybe it had a lot to do with timing more than anything when I read that book, but, um, that book for sure. Uh, let me think, let me think. Um, oof, let me, let me pull up my library. Cause now I don't want to mess anything up. Um, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck is incredible. Um, and the energy bus by John Gordon. Those are my three books that I would recommend. Like the Energy Bus to me was uh was it talks about the importance of, of of positive thinking, right? So for me that was such a game changer because it was like yo no no matter how hard or how negative a situation it is, you know, like I I've gone through things in my life that have been that have been pretty difficult, um, and where it can where it was really hard to come up with one positive thought. And, but regardless, all it took was one to build a momentum, right? So you start with one and then maybe you get two, right? And then maybe you get three. And so the energy bus just talks about how, how, how positivity or energy in general is built off momentum. So if you're negative, then you can build that, that momentum would be really, can really go in that direction as well. So, but you can stop it too. You know, if you're negative, 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 all it takes is one positive thought to then set your psychology to go in the to try to go in the opposite direction, and so that was a that was a really big one for me.
2: That's kind of like the I haven't read Energy Bus, but that's kind of like I think compound effect, or I think it's compound effect. And there's another like habit based book that like just talks about these little actions that compound over time. Yeah, compound effect. That was it. Um, mm-hmm. Have you read that one?
0: No, I haven't, but I have I have heard of it.
2: I've heard of it. That's a good one. That's that's a good one too. But I'm definitely gonna check out Energy Bus. Uh, Mang and I were just talking about like positive momentum and how it's like so much easier to keep up with positive momentum than it is like getting out of um, negative momentum. So I realized that I I try to do things that like build positive momentum as much as I can, just so that like mm-hmm. if I don't feel like doing something, maybe like me doing something small today might motivate me to do it tomorrow. I'm just trying to like stay within that
0: and not get too far into the negative. Johnny, I remember when I was going through a uh, you know, a hard time in my life like when you, you got to learn like maybe I'm not going to be positive in terms of like oh, this is going to be the greatest day on earth. What I, what I used to think was like I think I'm going to do a great job turning this doorknob. Like you know what I'm saying? Like something super simple like you know what, man, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to get into my car pretty good today. You know, like, and it just like, like little stuff like that where like, it, when you're going through it, it's really hard to think about these grandiose type of thoughts, but it really just takes little ones to, like you said, get, give you that compound effect. So for sure.
2: What are some skills that you're trying to improve or learn within the next year?
0: Oh, good question. Um, I am, uh, I am learning to not expect from others what i expect for myself and so so that is my that's the thing that i'm on right now uh and uh it's i look at it as the as the as the michael jordan effect like i think the reason why michael jordan is not a great owner or like hasn't had the level of success as an owner is because i think he looks at his players like yo I don't y'all don't work like, like i do so and so it's hard to empathize or sympathize with somebody, or try to understand what they're going through if you don't, if you think that they're gonna act like you. So the big, some of the skill set that I'm looking at right now is like, okay, let me appreciate you for what you do, and love that about you, and figure out how we can use those skills to, you know, better whatever I'm trying to do in my life. I like that. I like that. That's good.
1: Okay. <laughs> the five to ten years, what does life look like for you? And then what does business look like for you?
0: Ooh, five to ten years. I feel like I've given some of these sports analogies. Uh, I, I I truly believe. Uh, um, I look at this like we talked about earlier, like a professional career, right? So hopefully, I've I've had a ten year career, right? And I've made financial investing decisions outside of PT, right? So my my, my goal is to use the vehicle. To m- make a, a good enough living where I can retire at a younger age, just like an athlete would. Right. So, you know, and then figure out from there, like, what's my next step, which will probably be being a professor uh, at, 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 a, at a college or whatever. Uh, so that's, that's why I look at it. Like, I've, I've been, I've had a good professional career where I've made positive changes in the healthcare system. And maybe, maybe, hopefully, a leading change in how we go about monetizing primary and secondary prevention, um, and making good, you know, financial decisions outside. Okay, hey, you got.
2: I've never. Sorry.
0: No, no, I was about to ask. Kay, hey, you got anything
1: else?
2: Oh no, I was gonna say I've never heard somebody like break down or use analogies with basketball like so well as you as you do. Like they all make sense, but I never thought about things like that um what makes you want to be a professor I and mean, what would you teach
0: um I think I come from a family I don't think I know I come from a family of professors like my aunt honest professor in the University of Puerto Rico my mom has been a to teacher her, her her for you know I think 17 18 years my my um grandmother was a was a was a teacher as well for for 20 plus years 30 plus years um and I enjoy it I love I love There's a certain level of purpose that it also gives me to go, hey, I can share what I know to the next to somebody else. And so that gives me a lot of energy, too, and and selfishly gives me purpose to be like, hey, I'm reading this article or I'm doing this or I'm absorbing this or whatever. So I can hopefully share it one day uh, to somebody that might need it. So. Uh, uh, you know, I've gone on medical, you know, I've done medical mission trips. I just got back from a medical mission trip out in Puerto Rico where I was a CI for the first time. And that was dope. And uh, I currently do, uh, I'm a TA at, a, at my alma at mater. Uh, once a month, I I, I started that process of, of teaching. And so I genuinely enjoy uh, to stay connected. And truthfully, like, it's it's also a way to also stay involved with other colleagues. Like, uh, so it's a way to still communicate and, and really feel connected to the profession.
2: I like that. That's dope. What are we going to say, May?
0: Can I ask y'all a question? Wow. What's up? Because uh, I, I love I, I'm curious about this answer and you, whatever order you guys want to start. Like, what, what do you guys think is your superpower?
1: I think ability to fit into a lot of different. Uh, groups adapt I think adapt to a lot of
0: different situations you're a chameleon I
2: think (laughs) I think my superpower is my ability to like not conform to things around me if that's not truly what I believe in and I think that I don't let I don't let that affect like my view of other people like i can have differences with people and like completely respect them and still be cool with them mm-hmm. but i'm just like i don't believe in that but that's cool and i think it's, it's hard to be able to to do that and still maintain good relationships
0: mm-hmm.
2: i think that's my superpower all right
0: what uh i'm gonna give you one more question we will be done i'm curious cause I because i'm curious um what skill would you would do you think people need to work on the most? Listening. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good
2: one. Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna be an asshole to so say <laughs> <laughs> nah, not listening.
1: Not listening. Not <laughs> listening.
2: No, for real, though. Not listening. I think people don't like they listen too much. They listen to the wrong people, or they don't know who to listen to and who to not listen to. I think there's like so many people in your ear telling you more often than not things that they don't have any business like advising you on and like just getting Mm -hmm. in your ear, preventing you from doing stuff as opposed to like you having that person that's the expert telling you what to do. So I think most people shouldn't listen to certain things. I think people listen too much.
0: we'll, we'll, We'll take a middle ground, like selective listening. (laughs) Selective
2: listening, being able to, being able to figure out who they should listen to, like discernment.
0: You have to know who to take advice from. Facts. I I, I would say for me, I think the biggest skill is based off of, um, it comes from pride. So I think people have, especially as an adult, people have to do a better job of asking for help from people that want to help them. Right. So and because I think the issue with that is um, if a dream is big enough, it shouldn't be a it it shouldn't be able to be accomplished by one person. Like it should be impossible to to, to, uh, if a dream is big enough and your vision is big enough, it literally should be impossible to do by yourself. And if it is achievable by yourself, it's not it's not it's not a big enough dream or vision right so if we understand that, like people need to be good enough to go i'm gonna set my pride aside and ask for help especially from people that actually want to help me because if not you deprive them from the purpose they have in your life that's the skill that that they're like i beg for are you
2: answering that as a skill you need to work on like just in general
0: uh no i i ask i ask
2: okay i think it's hard to to ask ask for help sometimes and it does come yeah. from me No, it is.
0: It's but it's, it's pride, right? Like you know, we do you guys listen to J. Cole? Like pride is the devil, right? Like you got to no, be no, able to. You, no, you no. got. You got to. You got to be able to. Like, got to take that shit off. Like it's it. it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for anyone. Like that's pride. What's your
2: favorite J.
0: Cole
2: song? Huh. Top five. Top three.
0: Ooh, uh, grown grown Simba. That's hard. That's how like I'm, I'm giving you this right up top. Uh, grown Simba. Uh, ooh, ooh, um, The Cure probably. Um, That's I'm good. getting like, yeah. Uh, oh That's my gosh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting yeah. I'm trying to think of of, of like a, a Friday Night Lights one. Um, I got one. Oof. Okay, go go. Say
2: it. I like lights, please. Dialing a dream. Oh, damn, um, I like Chain Day.
0: Chain Day is is great. Chaining Day is great. Lights, please is a classic. Man, what about you? What you got? Dollar in a dream. Hold on, hold on. Top J Cole.
1: You know, Power Trip always. I think
0: that's a classic. I
1: don't think you can go wrong with
0: no role models.
1: Rest in peace. Oh, that's we're me- we're
0: we're, we're no yeah no role oof. Oof. Uh, you guys ever heard of uh, Grew Up Fast? I haven't, heard, I haven't yes. heard of that one. Oh, man. That's a good one. J. has got so many great ones. Like That That depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on the day. Yeah, it does depend <laughs> on the day. But you mentioned 20,
2: it, 2014 so.
0: Forest Hills Drive was the best concert I've ever been to.
2: Yo, I said the same thing. That was best the last concert. concert. No, no, that wasn't. That's not the last concert. I went to Lil Baby and Chris Brown. It doesn't compare. Yo, that concert was so good. He... He performed everything. He performed his Friday night, light stuff, all his old stuff, and the whole album.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's oh what boy. I tell people. I, I tell people, they don't believe me. Like I don't think I, I will ever be able to go to any other artist that performs an intro to an outro. And everybody yeah. sing every lyric from intro to outro. Like, <laughs> yeah. it made no sense to me. Like crazy. I was like, There's, how is this, this happening? I was like, good. Yo. And I've been to Drake versus Lil Wayne. Like, I've been to a few. Like, that one is... That one's 100%. the best.
2: Top top two. It's not two.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> uh, real quick, real quick. Um, yeah. We what were you doing? we going for like an hour? Hour fifteen. Stop. Yeah. One to two takeaways you want listeners to take away from from this episode?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um kind of what we talk about a little bit um confidence stems from your ability to keep promises to yourself arrogance comes from the the, the things you lie to other people about what you what you said you did so that's the difference between confidence and arrogance uh the second thing is um be under your limitations are based off your own insecurities so the 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 more open you are to to being self aware of what your insecurities are and and your ability to deal with them will take off the 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 ceiling of what you're trying to accomplish whatever it is
1: love it love it love it where can people find you if they have questions about you or about swish or anything you got going on uh
0: very easy uh, at dr coach kev on instagram or anything and then uh get switchpt.com is where you can find the website um we just dropped new merch which is cool it's a cool it's a simple way for people to support uh because i know obviously we're located in obito and it's the brick and mortar thing but uh if you do want to support that's where you can kind of you can kind of support there so um yeah at dr coach kev
1: love it and then stay on the lookout for a switch pro and Switch pro plus because that sounds like it's about to be a Ooh. crazy crazy thing that's about to drop in in 2023 but uh, Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the pod and spend some of your Saturday afternoon with us. Um, no, I really, really appreciate it, um, and
0: yeah, no, it, it was a blast. I hope this isn't the last time, guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm off. I'm off to see my three-year-old niece do her first dance recital. So, uh, oh. I'm um, I'm is um, yeah, I'm ready for the tears to, to shed a little bit, probably. I don't know.
2: <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> yeah thanks for yeah. coming on it was great talking to you
0: likewise best of luck with everything and i'm sure we'll talk soon oh
1: for that sure
0: right. the next nice episode. Episode.
2: thank you for tuning in to another episode of the can Mang audio experience make sure to subscribe give us a five-star rating and review and we'll catch you in the next episode